Welcome to Tranos and the Lived Experience, a podcast confronting current events, politics, comedy, and calamity, all from the perspective of a trans titaness. She's a verbal black belt, skilled in the art of roasting, the hellmouth, doomsayer, CEO of the Amazon position. Here's your host, Cameron Ellen Terrell. Welcome to Tranos and the Lived Experience. I'm your host, Cameron Ellen Jarrell, also known as Tranos. Say that shit with your whole chest or I'll fuck this pottery barn up. This is the show that orders Grubhub from your phone. Thanks for the meal. So, a lot of the time people ask me like, oh, well, you used to be a professional wrestler. Why don't you talk about professional wrestling? Um, well, gather around, children. This is the episode where I talk about my my current and past relationships with professional wrestling. So um, I walked away from professional wrestling uh, at, at least six years ago. I walked away. Um, and the reason why I walked away is because I feared that I wouldn't be treated the same. I feared that I wouldn't be respected. I feared that wrestling fans didn't have the compassion or understanding to keep me in professional wrestling. So on that day, six years ago, I walked away from the only thing that kind of kept me sane at the time. So people are asking, like, why are you back? I'm back because I thought that the climate changed. But obviously, because of this episode that you're about to listen to right now, you'll learn that that's not the truth. So this weekend I had a, a professional wrestling match. I wrestled for a company called Upstate Professional Wrestling. I've been wrestling with them for 20 years, pretty much, give or take the time that I walked away. Um, before transitioning, I was like the locker room leader, which I didn't know until my retirement. I was a shoulder, I was a hand. I was the trainer at one point. I was the head trainer at Upstate Professional Wrestling. But given the intersectionalities of being what I am and, and, and how I was going to disclose what I was to the wrestling world, specifically the community that I was most closely tied into, um, there was a lot of trepidation about even like coming out to them. It was just more like, should I just walk away and just kind of fade into obscurity? So here's the thing. Um, last Saturday, um, I wrestled in a cage match um, for Upstate Professional Wrestling. Um, tumultuous. It's been kind of a tumultuous journey coming back. I still have to deal with rampant misgendering, gaslighting when you correct someone, grown-ass men talking about you behind your back. And and the thing about it is, is like all of these like negative characteristics of like rumor milling and being catty are attributed to women. But that's because most of you have never been in a locker room. Most of you have never been in a male dominated locker room. The amount of catty bullshit that happens in a locker room is ridiculous. The amount of borderline transphobic, misogynistic bullshit thinking is bred in these spaces. And as much as we like to think that we're progressing. We're not progressing fast enough to keep queer wrestlers and female wrestlers safe 100% of the time. Uh, we got weirdos who um, 
make weird sexual comments to women. And some people would exclude me from that. But I've had my share. Um, when I first came out, um, I turned off my um, <laughs> fan page, which was almost non-existent. I didn't pay attention to it. I didn't do anything with it. Um, but before turning it off, I opened up my inbox. And when I opened up my inbox, I received a message from a wrestler. Um, his last name is Hardy. Uh, not Jeff Hardy, not the Hardy Boys. They're they're great guys. Um, uh, uh, independent wrestler with the last name Hardy wrestles in the Pennsylvania area mostly. Uh, sent me the most um, terrifyingly uh, fetishy, stalkerish comment um, uh, inbox I've ever had in my life. It was about like uh, propositioning me for sex and like um, kind of fetishizing my transness, assuming my sexual preference. It was a lot. It was just a lot. That aside, I never spoke up about it in open context because in modern times, like now, people don't tend to stand up for the trans girl. The trans girl is just the, the, the shit starter, the, 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 the pot stirrer. When you say something's happening to you, people respond to it as slowly as possible, if not at all. This weekend during the cage match, uh, my music hits. I come through the curtain. Lots of... Uh, tranny um i was called a she-male a few times um a kid who i was interacting with was very into the show had no idea um what trans might mean but if this kid's edu first education about trans people comes from the fans around him he's he's on par he's right on course to grow up to be a misogynistic prick and that's the part that hurts the most is that for the love of the game, as much as people say, oh, I love the fans, I used to love wrestling fans. There are fans out there who are respectful. There are fans out there who want to know more about you, and that's great. But at no point does paying the price of admission allow you to be a fucking bigot. Now, you're asking questions like, so what did the Federation do about it? Did anybody stop it from happening? Your answer is no. Um... I had to like beforehand, you have to like sell tickets and things like that. Um, I'm, I'm bringing back my tickets. I'm doing all of this stuff. And like I still have to deal with people within the company still misgendering me. So if they're not aware of this kind of shit, how can they make other people aware of this kind of shit? And I know as much as everybody wanted me to talk about like past wrestling matches and how much I love wrestling, the, the, the amount of love that I have for wrestling is uh, reciprocal. And the, the, that reciprocal part is that I only love wrestling as much as I'm respected currently. Everything about my wrestling career changed when I came out. The amount of money that I'm paid for what I do changed. The amount of bookings that I'm offered changed. Um, the level of respect in the locker room changed. Uh, everything changed. And I know to a certain extent, everybody's like, well, look, you got to give people a chance to get used to these things. Well, it's, ladies and gentlemen, it has been six fucking years. And with all the weird shit that walks in the locker rooms, dudes dressed in Batman costumes or wearing motorcycle boots, um, uh, straight men playing queer characters like and just being obvious fucking bullshit stereotypes. We accept those things because it's fun to laugh at everyone in those situations. But my transness is not part of my gimmick. It's not a character that I'm playing. 
I was even accused of that behind my back by people that I thought was close to me, that this was um, attention-seeking for a gimmick. Um, Ian Decay, a shitty uh, piece-of-shit human um, who has been called out for racism, called out for misogyny, uh, called out for just being a terrible person, uh, left me this fucking two-page inbox about how this is a good gimmick and I should run with it. And when I explained to him that I'm I'm not trans for wrestling, that I'm just trans, uh, he called me a tranny. Um, he's also called me a nigger in the past. Nobody stood up for that. So I didn't expect anybody to stand up for, for this inbox. So once again, I had to keep it to myself and I had to grow resentment for a locker room that I knew was going to refuse to stand up for me. Uh, two years ago, we had a, a, a huge event in Rochester called Restable. It was literally the biggest, I want to say almost 70% of the wrestlers on the card were queer. And it was almost the safest spot uh, as a professional wrestler I've ever been in, give or take the fact that uh, cis men still had to exist in that space. So, yeah, there were some problems at that show. Lots of them. But for the most part, uh, hanging around other queer colleagues made me feel safe. And it's too bad that wrestling um, communities don't have a lot more queer characteristics or a lot more queer performers in them. But the, 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 the battle is, is that we have to attract queer performers to these federations. We also have to educate our fans that queer performers are not to be attacked. That just because you pay fucking $22 for a ticket doesn't give you the right to use words like faggot or tranny or um, nigger or any other slur that you would hear from your regular uh, uh, try-hard fucking wrestling fan. Not to mention the fact that promoters and other wrestlers in the last like two years, the respect level that they had for me and for the skill set that I still possess has literally changed. And they don't have to say anything. It's, it's all done in your actions. If I'm out here and I'm... I'm I'm putting my body on the line as well as my mental health wading through seas of transphobia to help put on a show with you. Then the least you could do is pay me what I'm worth and at least address some of the fucking transphobia that's going on at these shows. But that's not what's happening. What's happening is it's just sweeping under the rug. We don't want to make other people uncomfortable. We don't want to lose seats. And that happens at other wrestling federations. I'm, all these problems that I'm talking about don't specifically lie on upstate professional wrestling. But half of them are there. I can't tell you how many times in my first year back I had to like almost fight a man because they couldn't respect me. Or how many times I had to defend my name or how many times I had to defend my gender up until this very fucking day. On Saturday at a wrestling show where I'm surrounded by my colleagues, air quotes, and friends, air quotes, I was misgendered like 40 times. But here's the kicker. As a trans performer, I'm giving way for trans people to feel welcome at wrestling shows. So trans people who also spend money to be at these shows, that's the problem with being misgendered and all that other stuff. Yeah, it, it bothers me, but this bothers me more. Trans fans come to these wrestling shows to see me and they are subjected to transphobia. They are subjected to watching me go through it and then wondering if they're gonna become a subject of it as well in a space that's supposed to be about entertainment and happiness for all.
So if you're not going to stand up and say something about that because of the sake of money, then realize as wrestling promoters throughout the country that if you don't stand up for that demographic, you are losing that demographic. You're losing their money. You're losing their patronage. You're losing your merchandise sales. Because last time I checked, queer consumers are the best consumers. But that's neither here nor there. Today's episode, I almost forgot. Today's episode is also brought to you by the pairing of music and marijuana. Today's strain is G13. I thought I'd go hardcore hybrid for you because this episode is probably going to make me cry. And the song is Denial by Seven Dust because LeJean from Seven Dust was a huge influence on me as a teenager. Uh, shout out to Seven Dust. I've met them before. Shout out to LeJean. Appreciate you, my friend. Um, this episode is dedicated to all the trans people who stand in shows and feel unseen. I see you. Now, back to what we were talking about. So. You ask me what my relationship is with wrestling and why I don't talk about it anymore. It's because the love that I had for wrestling is damaged. Like every other uh, sentiment that I've ever felt in my existence, uh, it is damaged by trauma. And it is marred with battles that I have to fight alone. So professional wrestling is not something that I want to talk about all the time. Not to mention the fact that I was an independent wrestler in the northern of United States slash Canada area. I traveled a little bit, but there were barriers before I came out. The number one barrier is me being black. Being black and being outspoken and knowing what you're worth is not something that the um, wrestling community openly receives. You got guys like Shane Taylor. You got guys that have come up like, like Shane Taylor's doing it the right way. He's shedding a light on it, and and the way he's doing it is not much different from how I did it. It's just there's more respect for Shane Taylor because time has progressed. But when I was doing the exact same thing in this area with standing up for myself and trying to get black wrestlers to realize our worth, I was called a rabble rouser. I was called confrontational i was called aggressive you know all those weapons that white people use to dehumanize you so they can justify the bullshit that they pull all of those things were kind of done before even transitioning so now imagine how much is compounded as a trans person who is of color highly like outspoken and willing to confront bullshit because if i don't confront it and protect myself nobody else is going to if I don't speak up for other trans athletes, no one else in this area is going to. There's a trans student in the school that I work with now, and I protect over her like she is my very own child because I walked through the bullshit that should never touch her. She should be allowed to train and feel safe. She should be allowed to be seen for who she is. She should be protected when someone says anything different. And if no one else is going to do that there, I'm going to. So people ask me, why do you still stay? Deep down in my heart, I do love professional wrestling. It's a, it's a huge part of, my, of my, my life. It's what I did for 20 years. But the number one reason for me staying is to make sure that the queer generation that comes up behind me has a voice. That they're not afraid to stand up for bullshit, that they're not afraid to get unbooked from shows, that they're not afraid 
that there's going to be some black ball for them because I'll take it. I walked away once. I can do it again, but I'm not going to walk away this time until I know that the area that I work in specifically has changed. Professional wrestling is a boys club sport. Specifically, a white boy club. So if something doesn't affect white wrestlers in this area directly, they don't give a shit. For all the respect that people say that I have in this area and the locker rooms that I've worked in, it's because I had to fight for it. I literally had to fight for it. I've had to slap wrestlers for shit that they've said. I've had to argue with wrestlers for shit that they've said. I've had to give cold shoulders and stand my ground because nothing about me is going to change. How you feel about what I am is not part of this sport. And if you're going to call yourself a professional wrestler, you should be professional all the time at all aspects with every person that you wrestle with. You don't get to pick and choose who you're going to treat like a human being in a sport full of human beings. I bust my ass for 20 something fucking years in this area. I busted my fucking ass. I missed things. I uh, angered my partners. I made wrestling a priority over food sometimes over sleeping in my bed next to my partner over like spending time with my family on a weekend. I wrestled the day my grandmother died. I wrestled the day my mother died. I gave a lot. And to come back as a trans person and get this lackadaisical like response to when some shit is happening to me is the fucking reason why there is no Tranos and the Wrestling Experience podcast. This area is oversaturated with egos um, and wrestlers who have podcasts um, and talk about the same shit. They're all talking about the same shit for the most part. There's a few out there who sprawl off into other things. Y'all know who you are. Holler at me. We should do something. But for the most part, what's been going on in professional wrestling since I, my return is a lot of shucking and jiving. Fake progression. Like I said, Restable was the biggest show in this area with the biggest number of queer people in the locker room. But it only happened once. Once Pride Month was over, everybody stopped caring about wrestlers being queer unless you were at other shows. And for some reason, we prioritize white queer men coming out over everyone else. Over everyone else. It is not to say that it is those white queer men's fault. It's to say that that's the society we live in. Is that the plight of queer women and queer trans people and non-binary people is it sits on this weird level where like if oh the minute you're a little bit less or a little bit more melanated or come from a different country or speak a different language we start to devalue you immediately if i was a white trans woman in this area i would get more respect now, for you motherfuckers listening to this and you're upset and your teeth are all clenched, tell me where there's a fucking lie. Feel free to contact me. Feel free to email me. Feel free to come on the show and we can have a debate about it if you would like. But that's a fact. That's a whole fact. If my name was Karen and not Camrayne, 
I would have more respect in the locker rooms and spaces uh, and, and wrestling as a whole. Because like I said, this is not about UPW. This is about professional wrestling. I had like uh, contracts and I had worked with other wrestling federations for a very long time. I worked for them for a very long time. I was a, a, a good hand in the back. I was a guaranteed good match. But now because I'm trans and I'm older, not so much. I don't hear from you. My phone doesn't ring. Shout out to Vanessa Douglas for um, booking me in a show this week. Um, she's my uh, queen of the north. She shows me the utmost respect. She's always been very supportive. But she's it. That's it. That's it. Uh, for all the other wrestling promotions that I had to work at, I used to work at PWA um, Niagara for this guy named Pistol Pete who would use the N-word. And then I became aggressive because I slapped him for it. So is it the reputation that I'm not going to deal with shit and I'll slap you? Or is it that I'm, I'm trans that that's not happening? Because either way, you're um, limiting the possibilities of bringing in more fans because you have a problem with queer people. You're messing with the possibility of bringing in more fans because you're not willing to protect queer performers the way you do cis hetero performers. Let's like take away the fucking bullshit blinders and call it what it is. Wrestling is and always has been transphobic. Don't believe me. Let's all go back to when Nyla Rose won the AEW championship. Shout out to AEW for showing up for trans people, for giving them the same opportunities, for being willing to back them up. But AEW only had to back Nyla Rose up because of death threats. And uh, long epitaphs on her anatomy, a bunch of dollar store endocrinologists talking about how a trans woman wrestling a cis woman isn't fair. How every time Nyla opens her mouth, no matter how happy and positive she is, every time she posts something, there's at least a hundred transphobes in the comments, a hundred transphobes in her inbox. Let's talk about Sunny. Sunny, a beautiful human being. Beautiful human being. Jim Cornette's attacking Sonny in open form and people are cheering and clapping it on. But if Sonny or Nyla were white, it wouldn't be such a drag to get to them. Luckily, they both work for a company that is willing to take a stand immediately and will throw your ass out. Because they're not worried about losing a couple of dollars over losing a person over triggering dysphoria, over someone harming one of us because they feel that we shouldn't exist under the sun's rays. We shouldn't be able to share spotlight with other cis performers. So if you're sitting there and your teeth are gritting and you're bearing down and you're like, this bitch Cameron went too fucking far. Tell me how. You go look at Nyla Rose's comments from the night she won the belt and you tell me how I'm out of line. I'll wait, motherfucker. I'll wait for your call. I'll wait for your email. I'll wait for your text message. You could go to newqueerorder.com and you could you could land bass me if you want to. You'll be one of the 205 death threats that I myself have gotten for being a trans person who used to wrestle with a podcast. 
that says nothing about wrestling. This is literally the first episode I've ever had anything to say about the wrestling world. There needs to be reform regarding the way that trans and non-binary and queer people, specifically queer people of color, are treated in these spaces. We are not a priority. We are not kept safe. We are not defended. I'm still to this day waiting to see announcement go up about how trans fans were treated at the show I just did. I know I'm a performer and I give up most of my autonomy once I step into the ring. The, that fans, somebody's going to go overboard. Someone is going to go too far. And I've managed to take it on the chin. Obviously not reporting it because it happens all the time. But I don't report it because I know no one cares. But where I draw the line is when trans, when trans fans, trans children, non-binary kids have to watch me go through it and fear that it will happen to them. If a professional wrestling show isn't safe for queer professional wrestlers, it's definitely not safe for queer fans. Take that into account. Take it for whatever you think it should be. Feel however you want to feel about it. But there's two things you can do about it. You can fight me over it. Or you could help me change it. I'm guessing you're going to choose the first one. The first one's the hard road. Just letting you know. A born of adversity. I have been going through shit as long as I've existed. And I've been willing to fight to preserve myself that long. And endurance is my birthright. Resilience is my birthright. I am the firstborn daughter of Patricia Joanne Keeter. So, with that being said... You could help clean up this mess. The disrespectful inboxes with the sexual innuendo, um, the weird locker room spaces where our bodies aren't even considered female. We're just allowed to roam around. People just can just walk in and just see us. I've heard that from other trans girls in other places, how they weren't allowed in the girl space, but weren't safeguarded in the male space. Um, I've heard about those kind of things. I've heard about um, fetishy fans who will call you a tranny and a she-male and all that other stuff going into trans girls email emails and inboxes and being fucking gross and nobody stands up for them we clean house at upstate when it comes to like pervs we clean house some fucking asshole was a perv in our locker room to someone else i'm not gonna say their name and we immediately got rid of them immediately but we need to do more I have a tough skin as much as I don't want it, as much as I still feel pain because I'm a human being, I'm willing to endure. But I'm not going to stand by and watch my fans, my people, my kindred, my kind be disrespected at wrestling shows anymore. And if you don't want that to happen anymore, stand up and stop it. Stand up and stop it. There's more to lose than just money. There's more to lose than just a demographic. It's sliding backwards into the fucking 80s is what we're trying to stop. The suppression of minorities and, and queer folk. That's what we're trying to stop. And if I can't do it at home, I can't do it anywhere. So shout out to everybody who's listening right now. But here's the deal. Your time for getting used to me has run out. 
Your time for adjustment has run out. I will no longer be waiting in the shadows for you to respect who I am. You either do or you don't. Six years is long enough. Draven died. Jarrell died. He no longer exists. I do. My pronouns are she, her, and Jotun. Respect them the way you respect wrestler names. You don't have a problem with saying someone else's moniker. Why do you have a problem with saying my fucking pronouns? My pronouns are real. Their moniker isn't. My trans status is real. Their moniker isn't. So in this world of make-believe, as everyone wants to call it, there's still these rules and bullshit like underlyings about trans people in their realness when it comes to performance. Are we women? Are trans men men? The answer is fucking yes. And as much as you want to make it about us dividing things or labels, we wouldn't need these labels if we treated everyone with respect. If we didn't have to explain what we are all the time. It's very hard to explain what I am without a label. You fucking idiot. And it is not the onus of trans and queer people to explain or assess these titles and their origins because we did not create them. Queer people had to be called queer people because cis people and heteronormative straight people wanted it that way they wanted a designation between us and now that people are standing up and embracing those designations now you no longer want designations you look i treat everyone the same i call everybody bro no you fucking don't call your mama bro call your grandma bro call your boss bro mm-hmm then we'll see if you call everybody bro. If they correct you and say, hey, you can't do that to me and you don't argue, then don't fucking argue with me when I say I'm not bro. I'm not your bro. I'm not your guy. This episode was brought to you by G13, some gangster ass shit. And once again, the, the song of the episode is Denial by Seven Dust. Get into that shit and then investigate your denial about your like internalized transphobia. And that goes out to the whole fucking wrestling industry. And if you got a problem with what I said, you know where to find me. This has been Tranos in the Lived Experience, the show that will square up with you, your mama, and your grandma. Because I got hands. Peace, nigga.